You're listening to the Corporate Quitter Podcast, where it's all about exploring possibilities for making an honest living outside of the traditional nine to five. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Corporate Quitter. I'm your host, Gabby Einel. And today's guest, I am so freaking excited about because I met her and immediately I was like, oh my God, this girl, I need to keep her in my circle. Like she's up to big things. I feel like we've known each other in other lifetimes. And it's so funny because she's come on this like media publication like journey with me. But for those of you who don't know, her name is Tiffany Knighton. She's a PR and branding strategist, content creator, and the founder and CEO of Brand Curators, a consulting agency based in New York City. And now, right, she's a mega superstar, plastered all over the news in the New York Times. So Tiff, thank you so much for not only reaching out and connecting, but also now like coming on this journey with me and then leading a revolution, if you will, with brand curators. Oh my God. It's been so exciting. Thank you for that intro, Gabby. I think that it's been such a whirlwind, especially because when I first even came across you, I was literally in the middle of my corporate quitting journey. I think that was right on time. Everything seems like it's been right on time ever since that moment. So I'm happy to be here. This last week has been absolutely insane. Fucking nuts. Um, (laughs) Like, there's so much that has happened. But I honestly am just, I'm really grateful that we could be, like you said, leading this revolution and being able to put these sentiments out there for anybody who has been entertaining the same ideas and for people who have been going through the same thing and like want to build community around it, right? Like you always say, I love that you say this, we rise by lifting others. Couldn't be any more true. So happy to be here and happy to be on the same team. Did I ever show you my journal? Like it's literally, that's the cover of it. That's amazing. <laughs> I like it's really preach this shit. And I it really that. is. Yeah, I love it. It makes such a difference. And the cool thing too is like people who are good at what they do know other people who are good at what they do and they all just band together. So I'm like, I'm taking all of you for the ride because I'm going to learn, you're going to learn and we're going to help each other and it just makes the ride so much better and so much more pleasant. Like I hate this competitive bullshit that's ingrained in you in corporate versus like the collaborative approach, which is in more small businesses and TikTok creation and all that. Yeah. No, it's a lot of unlearning I've noticed like in the last few months, even with where my business is and even in the sense of networking, like you're saying, there's so much of that corporate bullshit, like just shutting it mentally. And even though I've never been one that had that mindset, I've always kind of been told that I was either like too ambitious or too creative or maybe like too entrepreneurial um, in some of my past corporate roles. I'm now seeing the strengths of all of that and also just the things that I do not want to carry with me. And that competitive nature is huge. Want nothing to do with that. <laughs> so always glad to collaborate. We both have so many like amazing strengths and I just want to be able to like lift you up, highlight you, highlight all the women in our circle that we've been building and there's so much cool stuff to come. So I really can't wait. I know 2022 is going to be fucking off the chain. It's I'm so excited for it. Insane. As soon as we rest, cause we need some rest. I know <laughs> two weeks given two solid weeks. Exactly. But, um, so speaking about right, your journey and everything. And for those of you who haven't read, you know, the New York times article and kind of read up on you, can you give us a little backstory? Like what was your career like? How did you fall into brand curators and just quitting in general? 
Absolutely. So most recently, right, I was working at an events company and right before the pandemic, I started that role. In my first year there, I was, you know, traveling a lot for work and it was a switch up from a previous role. So, you know, it was new, it was exciting. And right at the end of the year, I was actually up for a promotion. So going into 2020, I had this new role where I was starting to lead a communications team and take on more responsibilities. And, you know, good old 2020 did its thing and (laughs) kind of everybody's story, right? Just like things came to a screeching halt. And of course, working in the events industry, that was not ideal for a pandemic. We were doing all in-person events and it became a lot of shift. It became a shift in, you know, mindset in terms of like what I really wanted to do. It was really about my, you know, mental health as well. And just kind of realizing that the way of life before was not working for me. One big thing that happened though, was I got to start working with a lot more like small businesses, local businesses, black owned businesses, because I always was doing freelance work. So picking up on more of those types of projects was really giving me a lot of joy. It was causing me to be able to like meet more entrepreneurs and and collaborate with other creatives in a way that I didn't get to do before. And it was fulfilling. So what I ended up doing was at the end of the year, I started the business. I started off as the brand curator, basically just kind of making my contract work more official, but still being a solopreneur. And then, you know, going into this year when things were just going in a different direction at my corporate job, I came to the point in October where I really sat with myself and said, am I going to scale this and really take on my business full time and choose happiness basically? Or am I going to wait around and like hope I get another promotion after we already were being passed up for promotions and had to take like a pay cut in the pandemic. Like there were so many things that were not ideal. I had to like really sit with my decisions. So I gave myself about a month to make a little plan if I'm going to save, if I'm going to, you know, make some goals for networking and basically just kind of check off all these boxes so I can feel really good about putting in that resignation. I swear, just because I set that intention about two weeks in, I was starting to get all the signs that I needed to do it and I was going to do it. One of them was coming across like one of your first videos. I think you were sitting in like a patio chair, just like talking about quitting. And (laughs) I I think I entered the corporate quitter algorithm that that, from that video because I just started seeing so many literally like, here's your sign, started meeting people who wanted to work with me. And as soon as I resigned and opened that door, all the opportunities just came towards me. So That was pretty much how that started. And then, you know, of course, once we connected and and started to share our stories more, then, you know, the New York Times picked it up and Good Morning America picked it up and Inside Edition picked it up. And we went on our uh, press junket together, which was a lot of fun. So that's the fast and furious version. Yeah, but you seem to do things like that. Like you're a need for speed type girl. You're not kind of like just fucking around. You're like, we're doing the we're doing the thing. We're doing the damn thing. I'm all about the momentum. I'm all about the momentum. I definitely was feeling like as soon as it started happening that this is a story I've been wanting to tell for a while. There's a whole lot more to it, but that's just the start of it. Yeah. 
yeah, we are multifaceted humans with so many different stories and like all these things. And when people usually ask you, well, what's your background? You usually go through your resume as opposed to like who you are as a human being. And so until you have these moments of whether it's being on a podcast or getting picked up by the New York Times, like you really don't have that moment to share your story. So that's cool. That is so true. Yeah, it is. That's another unlearning. I would kind of enter rooms talking about my life story based on my, almost like my job title. And that's not cute. (laughs) We don't do that that anymore. It's just kind of like they're parts of me, but I had to unlearn the overachieving. To kind of give you some background on uh, how I got started in my industry, I basically, um, I went to Scene Hall in New Jersey. That's what brought me up here to the area. And I basically was studying public relations. I knew I wanted to do PR early. My dad was a a public affairs officer in the U.S. Air Force and in the government in D.C. So I had seen it. I'd been close to it, wanted to study it. I ended up doing like all the clubs and all the organizations and was just going headfirst. So I was like president of the PR society and I got chosen to do a uh, Bateman competition, which is just kind of like a senior capstone type thing on top of just so many other things, (laughs) dance clubs and social clubs and things like that. But, you know, all the hard work paid off because then I got hired to do a social media role at Viacom MTV Networks before I graduated. So I was really excited to make that move, but I think that was my villain origin story of doing too much, right? Like definitely wanted to have the accolades and definitely wanted to like keep climbing and like be that overachiever. But yeah, the real world was a lot different from college. And I quickly was going into these corporate settings where I had a lot of great experiences work-wise, but I think just a lot of like climbing and a lot of like the corporate red tape and politics was really taking a toll on me. So I almost went from like toxic management to toxic management to toxic management over and over because I was trying to just kind of roll over to, you know, the next position and still social climb or career climb in that way. So after being able to like really halt and decide what I wanted to do, that's when I started to realize that all of that overachieving people pleasing and corporate grind culture was so bad for me and was really holding me back. Yeah. Not to mention the whole vision of what success actually is completely changes once you remove yourself from that equation. Like you go from the title to the, you know, fancy apartment and all of these materialistic things, success being fully being expressed, like sleeping in if you can, like taking breaks throughout the day, like actually seeing family, like really detrimental things that you put on the back burner, which are actually the things that brings you joy, you know? Absolutely. Oh my gosh. Yeah. But like, I remember you had even said in one of your interviews, just being able to like take that family time and have that time without guilt. We always were so forced to be like, can I take this PTO? Does my boss believe me when I say I'm sick? I'm sick, but I'm going to go anyways and work because I can't take the day off. Like, Just the ability to have the choice to like make your own schedule and really put your mental health first is a necessity, but it's a necessity that I didn't know (laughs) was so crucial until, you know, I got the chance to do it. But it was a long road. I actually never thought that I would be doing this this soon, but the timing was, it was right on time. So here I am. (laughs) And full force, ready to go. Full force. It's the only thing I know. It's the double Capricorn in me. Well, anyway, so I want to like 
flip the script a little bit because, you know, you are the branding strategist and the PR, you know, expert. So obviously a lot of people listening, especially now that it's going to be in January when this airs, everyone's feeling the new year energy, right? They want to quit their job. They're not happy with the promotion, or maybe they always wanted to start a business and they're like, okay, but now what, right? Okay. Cute idea, but now what? So what should people focus on when it comes to starting their business? Like LLC, logo, freebies, like branding, like what's really important? Absolutely. Being able to talk to so many people ever since the article dropped about them wanting to pursue some of the same entrepreneurial ventures that we've pursued. I think that the first thing that I always try to tell people is that you really want to go back to your why, your brand story, right? So I know a lot of people get really excited, like you said, like, I want to have an awesome branding. What is my Instagram going to look like? Should I start planning my feed? And I'm always like, we got to go back to what it is that ties you to this, like your purpose, essentially. And I know that that might be kind of intimidating to think about, but the truth is it's what really builds that authenticity to just kind of know who you're talking to and what problem that you're solving, right? So I would just say kind of start by writing down the brand why, the brand story, and even talking with people who know you best, right? Like sometimes outside looking in, people can kind of point you in directions that you didn't see, but it really starts with you doing the inner work first and then being able to break it down into what are some of my best abilities and what do people know me for? I've had a lot of people, even when I was starting my journey, like I had an idea of what my business should be. And it's changed so much because other people have pretty much told me what my strengths are and what I bring to the table in ways that I couldn't exactly see it. And so I tried to tailor what I was doing towards that a little bit more. I always love to ask people, especially it started with write your family because you know them best and they're like comfortable and everything. But then when you expand outwards to people who don't really know you, that is even another great opportunity because they don't know you. So they only get that first glance of you. So then you could pivot if things aren't landing properly or it doesn't make sense. Oh yeah. They'll be honest with you. And I think that's another thing is definitely standing firm in what your vision is and then being able to do that research. Because I know a lot of times when you're getting started, you'll want to look around and see what everyone's doing. And then you almost start to kind of like conform to just everything and consuming too much. So there's like a point that you have to turn off the consumption do your research, ask around, survey people, and then get right back to the vision and kind of put the shutters on and go to work. It's a process though. I think we put a lot of pressure on ourselves to have everything ready, right? And I know that you probably felt this way when media attention hits and you're like, oh my gosh, it's happening now. (laughs) Oh my God, I have no funnel. (laughs) My funnel. I was literally like on my way to the Hamptons, like the day the article dropped I'm like my funnel, like just on my phone, making sure things are good. But it's a, it's a process. Like we're going to have to tweak things as we go regardless, but to be able to just go back to that original brand story, that original why is the big thing. And to give an example of that, whenever I'm rebranding or getting into business development for brand curators, I think back to My why was realizing that I really wanted to align with more women leadership and Black women entrepreneurs as well and really help them see out their vision. And 
that was kind of what a lot of my freelancing was. And that was my passion without knowing it. And then once that became really clear, I really started to build a clientele that reflected that. So even if it's not directly in your messaging, I mean, the brand statement should be there. And that's something that will always be very key. But as long as you know it to yourself and know why you're doing it, that's the most important thing. Yeah, I agree. But, you know, it is hard when you're first starting, especially when you have people who are like, you have to be authentic, right? Everyone talks about authenticity and they're throwing it out there as if it's like, you should expect to know it. Like it's now become a buzzword. So like, what does authenticity and integrity mean for like a personal brand? Like you're building this thing. Okay. You start with why, but then what's next? What elements are important? I love that question because authenticity gets thrown around very often, like you said, but it's as simple as living your truth, right? Like it's okay to not have all the answers. And I think that a major block that comes in personal branding and putting yourself out there, whether it's content creation or as a business owner or both, is that you feel like you are supposed to be an expert on everything, right? And the truth is you could be learning as you go and bringing people in on that journey, And as long as you're sharing your unique journey and your experiences, you're building an authentic connection and growing your community. And it can be as simple as just how you show up on social media. One awesome thing that you do in particular is just like you stay engaged with your audience through your stories and maybe you'll put updates on some of the behind the scenes of what your day-to-day looks like and what your path has been. It makes people feel included and it makes people feel like they want to see more and Honestly, the authenticity will help you weed out things that you don't want either, right? Like it will help you just get rid of, I'm sure when you got started, there were so many people who were like, what is she doing? And we all fear that when like, you know, you're making that switch and you want to like warm your audience up to be like, this is my journey now, follow along and you'll pick up people along the way. But if you come at it when you're like, I just want to sell, I just want to make money, I think people know. It's very obvious. Oh yeah. It like the stench coming off you is unlike anything else. <laughs> Put oh, it lightly. Yeah. It's gross. It's definitely gross. And you feel gross for lack of a better word, because you know that it's not like, you just know that it's phony. It's almost like when you see like product placement in a TV show or something, right? That's very obvious. You're like, eh, we know that you're, you know, shoving it in our face. So I don't care. Being able to just show up and share like just real stuff, be a little bit vulnerable, be honest, be transparent. That's how you have, you know, an authentic brand that people will either be attracted to, or maybe you'll get to weed out the things that you don't want to be around your personal brand. But either way, if you go at it hardcore, you will align with people who you want to align with. And that's just the intention that you're setting. Yeah. It is a journey though. I felt like when I first started kind of doing things on social media, again, right, you're in comparison mode and you're kind of even afraid to be vulnerable and share that authentic self because especially in corporate, right, you like bottle it up. You're like not really sharing it as much as you should because you really can't. And so then when you kind of unleash the beast, there's this moment of like, you're almost like Bambi legs. Like, you don't, you're like a baby. You like don't know how to like move. And then all of a sudden you like figure shit out and half the people hate it. And half people are like, this is awesome. Like, please keep doing this. Oh my God. And then it's really, you have to start really creating for those people who are like really applauding for you, right? Because like you said, you'll be Bambi until you start to get your stride and the people who have been there from the beginning, they see it and they want to work with you or they want to connect with you or they'll tell you exactly what they want to see too. So I think 
the intimidation kind of goes away because as soon as you start attracting people with your authentic self, then they'll start telling you what content they like, what you should create more of, and it makes your life so much easier. But it is such a buzzword in that way. But when I've seen people ask, what does it really mean to be authentic? I'm like, have you any empathy? <laughs> like, do you, you know, like, what do you care about? It's like so simple. As, it's as simple as that. Yeah. And something that I've seen trending all over like TikTok and social media are these videos where they're saying, you feel weird being not authentic. And when you actually like activate that authentic weird self where you're like fully expressed and you're dancing, and you're making noises, like it's when you actually feel amazing. You're like, wow, this is why life has been so difficult. It's because I've been acting like someone else this entire time. That's like, wow, that it's actually like a mic drop moment because I can think of so many times where before I really kind of like figured out that cheat code, I knew that things weren't clicking and it's because of that inauthenticity. And it's really based around, like we said, unlearning all those behaviors, right? And like kind of thinking like, I'm supposed to be this way. And I know that's a struggle, especially for anybody who's been in like such a buttoned up type of environment or was kind of like suppressed creatively. It's difficult, but we have Beyonce's internet now and we can do whatever we want. So just throw things out there, you know, just try different things. And I'm sure that while people are figuring out what their niche is and how to like get that audience and get to that point, they're already overthinking, but it starts with just kind of putting out whatever feels right, and then seeing where that goes and then narrowing it down. So, I mean, now that we're stemming on that topic of just like creating content, like how can you get out of overwhelm? Because, right, I even remember my own journey. You're looking at all these different videos, different sounds, different things that people do. Some people do dancing. Some people do like, you know, the pointing videos. Some people just do talks. Some people do like color schemes. Some people don't care. Like, how do you even start creating content when you're so overwhelmed and like actually get the ball moving versus being in like stuck mode? Oh, yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> Overwhelm? <laughs> yeah. Been there. I think when you're getting started, the best thing to do is just go. And that might sound obvious, but the truth is if you keep holding on to things and like over planning, you won't do it. And I've had so many, I'm sure you have had the same thing, so many videos in your drafts that you're like, oh, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that, but I don't know how. And that creates that block. The best thing when you're getting started is to also probably just start by incorporating it into your day. So by making things feel natural because you're already doing it in your day and already just kind of carving out time to do something in tandem with things you already do, then it doesn't feel like a chore anymore. And I think once you become like, you know, a little bit more advanced, you can create those systems that are super important to be able to publish content consistently. But the overwhelm goes away where you just start seeing what sticks. So that kind of goes back to testing out different types of videos and testing out different audiences. Maybe you're posting about things that you just actually care about or your passions and not really focusing on the trends right away. That's a tricky one. And people probably don't want to hear that, but it takes time. This is huge, Gab, when it comes to TikTok. People love when you just rant, right? I know. It's the best thing ever. I'm so happy people love it because I, when I first started, like, I think I, I had TikTok back in the pandemic. Let's be honest. I was like binging that shit. But then March, I actually made like my first video because that's when I quit. And then over time, I was experimenting with all the different ways of like marketing and all of it. And then one day I just did the rant and I was like, holy shit, like 300,000, 500,000, like almost a million views. And I was like, 
oh my God, people like it. Like, this is great. I have always wanted to do this. So it's like the, the ducks align, but it takes time. Even now, like I have videos that flop and it doesn't mean that you're a shitty creator. It's just like the way the algorithm works, right? People buying ads, like shit just depends on how things flow. Like, it doesn't matter. Just fucking post shit. Just post shit. Things are going to flop. That's another thing that people just got to know. It's the worst feeling. I hate it. We all hate it, right? Oh, yeah. But there's going to be that one thing that soars, like your rants, and then it'll give you that stride that you need. So you'll be in Bambi, then you'll kind of go into that stride, and then, you know, there'll be times where things aren't as great as you'd like. But one thing I always tell, you know, my social media clients is if you get 30 likes on a post, think about if that's 30 people in the room that are listening to something that you're saying. That's quality exposure. And so I think there has to be like a shift in what our expectations are. I feel like that can go back to, you know, just putting out things that you're passionate about. And if you start to get some traction from that, continue on that path of, you know, whatever that topic is or however that made you feel. But putting something out and just wanting to go viral, not a great strategy. Wouldn't recommend. Yeah. And I always tell people too, like, just because you go viral or in our case, have media attention, doesn't mean you have your shit figured out. Like, okay, if you go viral and you don't have a website, you don't have any way to capture leads, you don't have a system, it's useless. It's just people viewed your shit and liked it. That's cool. Like you have a little no- credibility, but that's it. Yeah. And oh my gosh, it's that's such a great point, Gab. Like when you are putting yourself out there and then there's nothing, like it doesn't go anywhere, you miss the major point of having a substantial goal. And even if that goal is like, I want to attract more bad bitches like me to just like be business besties with, or, you know, if I just want to put out something that helps somebody, or if I just want to show people a few, you know, tips or some like information that I have that I don't know what to do with, then that's a goal. But people lose sight of that a lot. And I think that's where the overwhelm comes. And you might be able to go viral once, but then if there's no other type of goal for your content or you don't really have anywhere that you're leading people, then you're back at that overwhelm and back at that block. Yeah. Yeah. You did touch on something. uh, Well, we both kind of did, but like monetizing things. So like how can influencers or content creators like work with brands, right? That's like the glamorous thing or not even brands, but like, how do you build a monetizable idea based on your interests alone? Cause like, it's great. You like fishing or it's great that you like beauty, but like now what? Oh my gosh. Yes. Everybody should be monetizing their content. I can't say it enough. I think that we're in such a perfect space with content creators really having so much power in their own original content. Think about all the social media apps are paying content creators to just put out content, just to stay on their app. There are so many programs, you know, whether it's on TikTok, Instagram, YouTube, like every platform has it now. And the real key is treating your content and anything that you put out on your social platforms as almost like, you know, your own press. It's kind of like your business card, right? So having a really strong brand kit, being able to like share your wins and get comfortable about talking about your wins, that can include just, you know, having a lot of buzz on a post where you got some engagement up, where you saw people take action. I always tell people, you know, screenshot those really important analytics and be able to speak on them and talk about yourself and pitch yourself as somebody who kind of leads these conversations and can be like a thought leader. 
not everyone, you know, is, is great at pitching themselves, but we're always here to help. We help content creators and entrepreneurs do that. But for somebody who wants to just kind of dip their toe in the water, see what type of brand deals are out there, make sure that you are putting yourself on paper, sharing your wins. So Canva is free. You could even start by compiling, you know, some of your top posts, top analytics. Tell a story about yourself and let these brands know why they need you. One big thing is like, there's not a lot of advocacy for content creators. So I think a lot of education is needed when it comes to what type of brands, you know, people should take. I think everybody should really figure out what their rate would be or kind of like what their ask would be because brands will take advantage, unfortunately, a lot of the times. They will. Like, I mean, even for me, I had a brand ask me to do a TikTok video and they're like, yeah, I'll give you 150 bucks. And I was like, for 25,000 followers that I've worked months for and built a brand and now media coverage? No, absolutely not. not. And right, well, the initial thought is like, yay, money. And the but price then, just went up. I know, but, but I, right? Yes, but it's funny. I actually saw a video on this and it was like, you should really be calculating your rates based on the 4% rule. So it's like X amount of followers times 4%. And if you have media coverage, if you have any sort of leverage in other areas, you like add more money to it. We're not doing cheap shit. It takes so much effort and time to make content. And they would be spending thousands of dollars on TV ads, but in this way, they're getting targeted, targeted ads to people who are actually like trusting us. That is even better. So they $150 in insulting. It's insulting because think about all the hard work. There's so many things to unpack from that. All of the hard work that you put into building your brand. And it goes back to the authenticity piece. People are following you because they've been following your journey. So now if a brand wants to come in and lowball you, have you aligned with content that doesn't even make sense for you, what does that look like for your brand? It doesn't make sense. And then once you have such a low rate that you are entertaining, then you're setting a standard and we need to be raising our prices. We need to let these brands know, like you said, People are paying like so much money. I mean, millions of dollars for ad campaigns, these marketing campaigns. You know, why are we still using Facebook ads? <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. Well, especially with the whole iOS thing that's happened now where people can't even get targeted ads anymore. That's been a huge, huge problem for all these businesses. And like ads are great, but also you need to, it's like the omni-channel approach to marketing. You need to really push your marketing in so many different channels, like everywhere, exactly. basically. Everywhere. And content creators are the number one way to be able to do that, right? Like we're watching, we're consuming so much. And to be able to consume content that is, like you said, so targeted and so specific, that's what everybody wants. It's the dream for them. So I think, you know, I'll tell content creators all day that, you know, feel yourself a little bit, like know your worth and really know that you are putting out something so valuable and you can change the trajectory of these businesses in a heartbeat. I've had some content creators come to me and say that, you know, without even monetizing their content, drove a certain amount of traffic to a business that was so intense that there was a business owner of somebody I know who actually reached out and paid the content creator in cash because they were like, it's crazy how we just sold out of this product. And that was kind of her first taste of realizing that impact. So we've been working together to, you know, get her brand kit together, get her rates together, get her um, to a point where she can really pitch herself and feel confident about what she's offering. So if you're going to be focused on your brand offer for a business, think of yourself in the same way. Yeah. Do you have any suggestions for people who are thinking about the idea and they want to know which direction to take it from a like 
pitching brand perspective, like even if they're not there yet, but like maybe they're based around food or something like what type of brands would they pitch or like, you know, they're doing something pertaining to, I don't know, fitness, like what brands do you pitch and what makes sense? Yes. No, great question. The easiest thing to do is think about your own lifestyle. What can supplement your own lifestyle and what are you already passionate about that you'd be happy creating? Because creating shouldn't be a chore. So I think that, you know, if you are somebody who's in, um, you know, the food space, kind of think about the things that you would want to see almost. So of course, you know, there's opportunities to partner with, you know, bars, restaurants, things like that. But then, you know, kind of think outside the box of like, what are some other resources? Like who are some of the types of people that would really benefit from, you know, learning a little bit more about your content? Like, is there a certain demographic that you think would really find the information you're putting out useful and then kind of pitch more to that than traditionally maybe a restaurant or brand, but maybe certain publications, maybe certain community groups, maybe certain events that could really kind of use that expertise because content creators are also subject matter experts and they're thought leaders in the space and whatever industry that they are creating in. And so I think that mindset switch really makes that difference. But I would say, you know, I just mentioned think outside the box and try to think about how what you do touches other industries. Yeah, that's super helpful. Got to start somewhere. So, Yeah, you do. I mean, like, I don't know. Think about the equipment you use. Like I think about you as a podcaster. There's so many things like, you know, you can kind of monetize based on the equipment that you're using and helping other podcasters. I know that's a huge part of your business model to be able to help other people get started. So that's one way to you know, kind of build a relationship in another direction. You know, everything from the fact that, you know, if you're a business, you're a business, like from your head to your toe. So what are you wearing? What are you drinking? Press on nails. Yes, I smell your nails. Oh my God, smiley faces. (laughs) That's the theme of this week. Bad bitch persona. What are you selling, right? Literally everything, hair to your nails, to your toes. It is an aspiration. It is a vibe that you're putting out there that people want more of, even if it's not specifically the product or service you offer. Yeah. Now, speaking on like, right, monetizing brands and right, expressing yourself fully and all these things, like it's the hot thing to do, right? Everyone's doing it. We're moving into web three, but like the, some of the pushback I get from people is like, the market is too saturated. Someone's already saying this vision or this message. Like, why the hell would I do it too? Oh my God. I want to scream from rooftops that oversaturation, I just don't believe in it. I won't say it's not real. I mean, everybody is out here, but I won't say it's oversaturated. I would just say that, you know, everybody has something that they're offering that is different in some way because you could be finding a solution for people that has not been thought of for a specific group. I think particularly when it comes to, for example, um, the conversations we've been having that have been really connecting with millennials and Gen Z the most, maybe there are things that have been done before for different generations that have not specifically been done for that group, any specific demographic, or anybody who just, you know, if you have certain ideas that you don't know how to execute, just doing simple market research can kind of help you that there's something that somebody hasn't thought of. It's really the secret sauce of your personal brand that gets put into the company. There's probably a million podcasts. There's probably a million consulting agencies that do what we do, but they're not bringing the personality and that certain touch of experiences into it. Yeah, I agree. 
And also for those of you listening, market research can literally be a Google search. It could be an Instagram search. Like don't make it complex if it's overwhelming. Just do research, like do your due diligence, if you will. Absolutely. And you know what else people could do is like, you know, like we said, being able to collaborate people is the secret weapon. It is. Go and talk to people who do that, right? Like being a part of community groups, like, I don't know, I think of like Facebook groups or Slack channels where there's people who do similar things that will change the game. That's part of market research. You're right. It's not complicated. Yeah. It's Even as TikTok. As aligning yourself. I have met so many amazing people through TikTok. Like literally all of my business friends are people who I admire through TikTok. And then I either reach out to them or they reach out to me. And now I'm like, where have you been all my life? Like, <laughs> You should have met you like six months ago. I know. No, seriously. At least we have each other as we go into this new year to like think of these things. But in terms of like taking the time to see what is it about me in particular that even attracts, you know, other awesome people like you or other business owners or somebody that's in your niche. And it's so fun. Like now that we, you know, when you do this, like some people, I feel like older generations, they might find this so silly, right? Like I'm making friends off of TikTok and (laughs) we're collaborating, doing all this stuff. And like, it might seem kind of odd, you know, outside of the content creation world, but hey, things are great over here. I think that being able to like have these ideas to like shoot off of each other makes you realize how individual you really are. Yeah. But also I think instead of them berating us and saying it's weird or whatever it is, like it's actually really resourceful because I'm sure you've seen this too in your own life. Like when I was in New York City, I have access to so many people and so many different cultures with so many different mindsets and you can still be surrounded by people who are not the right fit for you. They unmotivate you. They're not inspiring. Maybe they don't have the same goals as you. So the fact that I can connect with people from all over the world who, funny enough, they're not actually that far away from me on the globe. Sometimes, some of them are like 20 minutes away and I'm like, oh my God, I didn't know you were that close. But we connected through a mutual interest on like TikTok or Instagram or whatever. And it's great because now we get to lift each other up and the people who aren't serving this new level of my lifestyle, like, can kind of like fade out, if you will. Absolutely. It goes back to the authenticity gap because like you get to like live your truth and then you get to connect with other people who are living their truth, but it's divine timing. It's really something that it falls into place when it needs to. So sometimes I do the same thing when I'm like, I can't believe that I, you know, same here, like live in New York City. I've been surrounded by so many people, a lot of great people, but I'm still in this moment figuring out more of who I am now than ever because we're just ever evolving. And if you're not surrounding yourself with people who are doing the same, then you won't feel it as much. So we're on this journey and like, it's been absolutely nuts. All I can say is we're just like taking time to go through all these experiences and appreciate them while we're also just tuning out a lot of, you know, the noise that we've been (laughs) receiving from people who don't get it. That's okay. You know, if people don't understand what your journey is or like what content creation is or like judge you for being an influencer or whatever it might be, because there's so much that you can learn along the way about yourself and about other people. Yeah. And it's fun as fuck. It is so fun. So fun to just be you and get paid to do it. Like what better fucking life to live? Honestly. It is. And when you think about the problems that we have now, they're different problems than before. Right. So I think that was another big thing when I was quitting. I was like, I'm going to pick my struggle. Like, am I going to have the struggle of dealing with terrible bosses and not enough PTO and being worried about, you know, climbing the corporate ladder? Or is it going to be the struggle of which clients am I going to take on? And like, how can I improve? I'd rather pick that. I'd rather pick the ladder. Me too. 
So speaking of like terrible bosses and right bullshit in the workplace, can you speak on like as a black woman, how has your experience and the adversity you were met with shaped who you are and the business you built? Because I'm sure it plays a huge role and things have not always been easy. So I just, if you could share kind of that experience, I think that'd be great. Absolutely. I mean, it was a huge thing in the pandemic to be able to work from home and not be in that corporate setting. I could talk to you for like another 45 minutes just about the microaggressions in the workplace. I've had so much code switching that needed to be done and kind of feeling like you can't come and be your complete authentic self because you just don't want outside opinions and people in the workspace to make assumptions about you, right? As a Black woman, you're always told, you know, to work 150% and kind of come at things extra hard and fast so that you can prove your worth. And so I think that I'm still kind of catching my breath from years of doing that. And even though I know that, you know, I've always been a very determined and ambitious person, being in the corporate setting really gives you imposter syndrome and doubt and makes you feel like you're not doing what you need to do because that's just how it's designed, right? So everything from being questioned about how do I do my hair? Like, how often do I wash my hair? People have said that to me. What? Um, (laughs) So fucking weird. First of all, why? weird. No, I've answered way too many questions about, like, my personal life in the workplace than anybody should have to. And nothing was really about my work. So there's a ton of just, like, weird experiences with, you know, just people who didn't, just didn't understand, you know, how I could be maybe like as educated as I am or how I've gotten opportunities I've gotten, but you push through, right? Like you just kind of go through it and that's just life. And like, that's also being a black woman in America. It's not new. One thing that was eye-opening is like I said, being able to be away from that, working from home, not having to like think about how you're going to have to face these things in the workplace every day. And being able to then realize that I really love working with like leaders who don't have these opportunities that are being overlooked all the time. That was the switch. It happened so fast. I was working on um, a project called Sold Out Saturday last year in the pandemic. We helped so many Black businesses in our community just like sell out every week. And we were doing a bunch of like Facebook Live interviews and doing a bunch of content and really leading a project that was rewarding. And I hadn't felt something like that in a long time. Again, it goes back to what you were saying about building your community and getting to work with people that you actually care to work with. There was about six of us who just kind of like collaborated and created something that was so huge for us that made me realize, you know, this is something that I can continue on doing in my own way. So that was pretty much what led to all those decisions was kind of realizing that the path that I create would inevitably be the one that I would have to take from this point on because I was not getting the opportunities that I wanted to. So after job hunting and all of that, I said, you know what, we're going to go full time with the business. And I'm literally not looking back. I know. I was, you literally took the words out of your mouth. I was thinking that as you were saying it. I'm like, especially with these interviews that we've done and they're all like, do you regret it? Like, do you ever, you know, what about your reputation? What if you want to go back? I'm like, bitch, I ain't going back ever, ever. I would rather be broke than like go back or homeless. Like I literally, I will literally work at Starbucks. (laughs) (laughs) Nothing wrong with like, you know, I'm not even shading anything that's, you know, service industry. I'm just saying like that would 
be it before going back to corporate, to be honest. Things are looking fine, and I don't think we have to worry about that. But when they were asking us that in the interviews, Gab, I literally wanted to be like, um, hell no. Next question. I know. And it's just, I mean, I basically did, but it's just, it's so funny how people, and it's not just, uh, it's everyone. Like people that I talk to, they would rather be dog walkers, babysitters, work in the food. Like they would work, do anything, working multiple jobs that quote unquote people would define as beneath you. And I mean, I'm not shading anyone because I've done all those things multiple times over and over again. And they're great. What's the problem? What? Because I don't have a fancy title. Fuck your fancy title. What did that do for me? You know what I mean? Like it only got me so far. It's really, they really like blow your mind with the titles. Like you think, like you were making six figures before you quit, right? Like, so most people like you made it. That's the top. That's the best thing ever. But were you happy? No. And dude, when you do the math, I can make more money as a babysitter than I was working, right? And that's straight cash. Make more money as a babysitter than I was working at my job when you do the rate for like hourly salary and tax shit and all of that stuff. So I'm like, who's really losing here? (laughs) I wear a pencil skirt and I can't fucking breathe and I have blisters, but I have a fancy title, but like I'm not making money. Like, cool. Oh my God. Honestly, being a nanny sounds like fantastic compared to working in corporate. I did that in college too. And like, it's the cash for me, but that's my point. I mean, the way these wages are right now, like, you know, at some past companies that I've been at for some of the entry-level roles, you would be better off working at McDonald's. Literally, literally. Yep. You would make either the same You'd probably make the same and have more time to yourself than what was going on in some of these companies. It's terrible. And that just reminded me that one of the major values that I wanted to bring to my company was just being able to prioritize mental health, being able to prioritize the fact that, you know, we lead with like inclusivity and wanting to make sure that like anybody who works for brand curators is good and can produce good work because they're basic human needs are met. And I know that doesn't sound groundbreaking, but after you've worked in corporate for a while, you realize that that is not, you know, that's not how capitalism works at all. So just being able to destroy hustle culture is like kind of my little mission these days. Everybody needs to shut it down um, for Christmas, by the way, and uh, take some time to just rest. Please, everybody. Yeah. So necessary resting, which is not highlighted in corporate at all. It's just ridiculous, but you know. Performative mental health. Yeah. (laughs) So anyway, you've sprinkled in so many nuggets of gold in here. And obviously it's so great to catch up in general, but like if you could give advice to your younger self, what would that be? Like as a final send off? Yeah. Wow. Advice to my younger self would definitely be just continue to push forward and plant the seeds. There are things that I've done in my past that I didn't realize were going to benefit me. I wasn't sure how they would really benefit me, but I kind of did them anyway. I've come to learn recently that it's because I'm a generator type and that's what we do. But now that the pieces are coming together, I've really seen that, you know, putting in that work over the years for myself was really the big payoff in the end. That could look like nurturing certain relationships. That could look like staying true to yourself and like what you align with. That could look like just weeding out negative energy and and weeding out things that don't serve you anymore. Those are all kind of building blocks. So if you keep going and if you just kind of set things up in accordance with what your beliefs are and what your values are, then I think in the end, you'll kind of look around and feel really proud of yourself. I feel so proud to like have the best circle 
you're included in that, Gabby, because we've just been vibing so much. And to be able to have a moment where you're like, you know what, I'm living the life that I wanted and I'm surrounded by so much positivity, you know, you really kind of feel unstoppable and that's where the momentum kicks in. Yeah. I did it on the planting seeds thing. There were so many things in my career that I didn't think were going to make sense. And then it all comes together. And you're like, holy shit, I was onto something I didn't know. <laughs> it's like that meme or that gif where they're like, oh, and you look around like, wait a minute. I didn't know that these things would make sense eventually. So I think that's the best thing that you could really do for yourself is just pretty much live your truth and do things for you. And the second thing, if I had to throw in like just a bonus. Yeah, sprinkle in some more. A little, a little bonus, I'm just going to salt that in, is like setting up boundaries. I can't believe that I'm damn near 30 and just really, really setting in what those boundaries mean for me. I think it's a mixture of just how I was, you know, there's a lot of things to unpack there, like based on like how I was raised, based on, you know, you can even add in, let's add in corporate because we're already shitting on it. <laughs> just the people you surround yourself with. But like, I think how I set up some of those boundaries sooner and really enforce them when it comes to just like the people you surround yourself with, it could help you just get in the right headspace a little bit sooner. So prioritize like, you know, your mental health and know when to cut things off. I think that's like a huge thing. So yeah, nice little send off, especially with the new year. People set the boundaries early on, cut the cords. Let's do it. them now. Exactly. (laughs) Surround yourself with like amazing people who just want you to do better and want to be better. And that's what we're doing. And I love it. So same. just want to build the girl gang. That's the goal. 2022, we're going to have a very full, full, full year. But so where can people connect with you if they want to either just get in touch with you, tell you how awesome you are, you love the episode, or they want to work with you? Like, where can they find you? Absolutely. So we are brandcurators.co on Instagram and Twitter. We're brand curators. We also are on LinkedIn. So happy to connect with anybody. Tiffany Chanel Knighton on LinkedIn, brand curators on LinkedIn. And for anybody who is interested in really kind of honing in on what their personal brand is and you know, we all want to come into the new year stronger, better, and revitalized. Anybody who wants to kind of learn a little bit more about how they can put their best foot forward and really show off their best attributes so that they can attract the business, the partnerships, the brand deals. We are offering personal brand audits and coaching in 2022. So you can look at uh, brandcurators.co on our website and book some time with us so that we can get you set and so we can get these bags. (laughs) That's so awesome. That's so awesome. So many people are going to need that service. So I appreciate you doing it. They need it now, but there's money out here. Yeah, there's money out here and we're we're getting all of it. So I love that sprinkling that into the new year. I claim this energy. (laughs) Yes, I claim it. Let's claim it all. Well, this has been great. Thank you so much for coming on. I'm so grateful that you could do this and again, share your nuggets of gold because people need to hear it. Thank you so much for having me, Gabby. I can't wait to see what next year holds. And I hope this helps, you know, anybody out there who's thinking about taking, you know, the leap that we took. It's not as scary, you know, it feels really great. Thanks for listening to the Corporate Quitter podcast. Visit corporatequitter.com for resources, extended content, and additional information about our guests. To connect with us, stay up to date on all things Corporate Quitter, and to learn more about how you can leave the nine to five, follow us on Instagram and TikTok. And if you enjoyed this episode, be sure to leave us a rating or review on Apple Podcasts. Thanks, guys.